Breaking news coming to you from End of Regulation Sports and Entertainment. No, just kidding. All right, let's kick it off. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back at it again with episode 29. Indy is out of luck. End of Regulation is everything sports and entertainment, bringing you weekly breakdowns on everything you missed and more. Monster Mangus here to make sure things stay on track as much as possible. Let's meet the rest of the crew spitting straight facts week after week. Live from Richmond, head of production, Tom Lasagna. How we doing? I am great. Uh, finally, football is back on. There's something to talk about. Uh, let's get it going. Yeah, man. I'm very excited. Uh, I don't think I've I've ever been so excited. Shaking. And I know another individual who is live from New York. It's Saturday Night Live. Girthquake Grimes. How we doing, kid? Beautifully done, Gardner. Uh, I'm doing well. I am uh, as tired as possible right now, but, you know, the podcast never sleeps, man. So Still let's, looking let's get this thing too. going. Let's kick it off. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, we're going to get the wheels warm per usual. We've got some user-generated content, something new. Uh, You guys may have seen we reached out, asked for your help. So we've got a couple of individuals who who threw in some uh, non-sports-related items that we're going to address, and then there are some other individuals who wanted to hear a little bit more about the sports world, so we'll hear from them later. But to kick it off, uh, we'll start with... Instagram user at Halesby who asks what is it that you bring to a barbecue pick a protein two sides a salad and a dessert uh well do hot dogs count as protein I feel like that's the go to yeah, barbecue food is hot dogs that's mine well obviously like the question is do you pick hamburgers hot dogs do you pick barbecue chicken do you pick wings do you pick fish like you pick a protein Hot dog, hot dog sides. Is, hot dog is my protein. That's easy all day. All right, so you're a dog guy. What are your two sides? Um, I'm not big on the sides. I guess potato salad is up there. Big potato salad guy. Good call. And uh, corn on the cob, fresh off the grill. Nothing better. All right, nothing better. All right, I hear that. And salad. Dare I ask? Uh, I just assume there's like one kind of salad, and you get to like pick your your dressing. There are hundreds of salads, Tom. Just give me some iceberg lettuce with a little Italian on it. I'm good. <laughs> All right, and what are you finishing it off with? What's your sweet tooth calling for? I'm not a big dessert guy, to be honest with you. Um, I don't. Re- I usually just go back for a second round of protein. Uh, maybe okay. another dog. Maybe another two dogs. I don't know. Two tree dogs. <laughs> tree. You got tree dogs on the grill. Um. All right. Well, if you had to pick one. Uh, I don't know, Grimes. You want to help me out here on the dessert menu? I mean, you could go ice cream. You could go pie. You could go brownies. Brownies, go fuck yeah, cake. brownies and ice cream. <laughs> All right, yeah. Just... We'll go brownie. I, um, I like brownies. Per- personally, I'm more of a spicy Italian sausage kind of lad. Oh, fancy right. barbecue. I like that. 
spicy Italian sausage. I'm going to go mac and cheese and ooh don't hurt yourself I, I I like the corn on the cob play I'm a big corn on the cob kind of guy uh so I'll do that I'll go mac and cheese corn on the cob salad is gonna be like a a nice um I believe they call it a garden salad <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know <laughs> don't ask me what goes into that because I have I'm... no fucking idea but, I believe the the grass eaters call it a green salad. Well, you're lucky salad. I didn't say a nice kale salad because I don't believe kale kale tastes very good. Um, and then for dessert, we already called it out: brownies, ice cream, probably brownies and either vanilla or mint chip. Depends on how I'm feeling. Oh, actually, on the dessert side of that, I will add homemade rice krispie treats. Very, very underrated. I like that. Very underrated. I like that. Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with steak, probably a filet, if not a skirt skirt, if I'm trying to feed the fam, you know. Um, two sides. I think I'm liking what you're doing with the potato salad, and I think I'm also going to uh, put a bit of uh, some fried zucchini and squash Ooh. on the side there. Not fried, grilled, sorry. Um Salad, I'm going to do tomato and mats, you know, with some balsamic topped with some basil, you know. And uh, for dessert, man, Harry kind of stole my thunder with it, uh, with the brownies, but I think I could um, I could do chocolate chocolate chip cookies. Ain't nobody I'm, going wrong with I'm, that. I'm personally not a big fan of pie. I don't know what that says about me, but... I don't. So I don't thanks, like the, Thanksgiving's not your game, baby. I'm with you. No, Thanksgiving. I just eat. I eat the main course. I'll probably have a, a second serving, and then I'm and then I'm knocked out watching football. Sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, um, let's uh, let's move on to the next segment here, um, as per requested by uh, JT, um, who has been a guest before. She wanted us to bring back Hump It or Dump It. So I wanted to throw something out there. We've done it before, but I wanted to kind of elaborate a little bit further on it. Um, <clears throat> culinary concoctions. So I'm talking vegetable desserts, carrot cake, zucchini bread, pumpkin bread, uh, fruits and salads on pizzas, pineapple, that kind of thing. W- what's your take? Are you humping it or are you dumping it? Uh, I'm... Uh, I, not on pizza, bro. But sa- fruit and salad is fine. It's ca- I, for me. It's a dump. It. I'm saying like all encompassed. Like throwing things that don't belong in dishes. Like I went to a restaurant recently, and they had a strawberry spaghetti. Absolutely not. What kind of restaurant like, are you eating at, dude? Yeah. What the? It's yeah, like what a the Michelin. It's like a Michelin star restaurant, but they have these crazy. They call it culinary adventures, I guess, that they take you on. And uh, I thought it was going to be like kind of – it is. It's just basically soaked in strawberry, and it was disgusting. You tried it? Oh, dude. Oh, you got to tr- – when you see something on the menu that says strawberry spaghetti. You pack up and run. That's what you A, stra- you, you, a you strawberry biscotti? No, you've you've intrigued me, my friends. I, for, I like a guy, to- for a guy who's saying I, I don't like – when fruit is randomly tossed into things that don't mix, I'm yeah, just I mean, I'm just a little surprised that you're gonna go and order something off a menu where it's just that. He kind of likes it, it. It was it wasn't really much of an option. It was like a, a prefixed menu, but uh, yeah, like most of them. 
Yeah. All right. Well, listen. <laughs> you look, all right, well, you look, look Krabby I guess Patties, I'll, don't you, Squidward? I guess <laughs> I'll flip flop on it. I'll hump it. I eat carrot cake. I don't fuck with zucchini bread, but yeah, every... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, it just depends. Like uh, like as an overarching thing, do I like fruit mixed in with other things? Generally, yes, but there's obviously times where that's just there's no time for it. There's <laughs> just no like pizza. Time for it. Yeah, no, I mean that I put my foot down. Yeah. I hear you on that. Tom, dumping it or humping it? Uh, I'm humping it. Bring it. Oh, I'll try. I'll try it. I'll try anything once. Uh, I'm. It, it might be like a a one night stand type deal if I'm humping it. But uh, yeah. I'm willing. You know, I'm willing to try new things. Nothing wrong. Open minded. As long as you're a gentleman. That's right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the real content here. Uh, the agenda, as always, we're going to run through some banner, the normal banner you didn't know that you needed to know. Uh, NFL, we're going to talk drama in Indianapolis, hence the uh, <clears throat> title of this episode. Talk college football, recap this weekend's games, primarily Miami, an ode to Harrison. Uh, we'll talk a little MLB wild card update and wrap things up, close them out with some buzzer beaters and music history. So, uh, two just quick stories here in Banner. I just wanted to quickly highlight because it was something that filled my uh, my iPhone X. Shout out Steve Jobs um, with notifications that listed you know the G7 summit and the rainforest crisis, and that the countries that were involved are contributing twenty two million dollars to help the rainforest. While that is fantastic, it's also a little bit fucking depressing. Like, if you ask me, $22 million, or I guess it was 22 million euros, uh, between all the countries that are involved in the G7 summit, is like... (laughs) It's a a slap in the face. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's almost like, it's almost more disrespectful than it is... I mean, obviously it's going to go towards doing good, but... I mean, $22 million. I saw Leo uh, himself is donating five. I mean, that should say something all in itself. And that guy also could step his game up a little bit too. Flying in private jets, attending these summits, and being like, we need to help the world. Well, buddy, maybe take public transportation. Uh, See, that's, that's a topic that I think people need to chill the fuck out on. People get all over these you know big time celebrities for flying private jets and this and that i'm all about it i don't i'm all about it. i don't care baby if you want to spend your dough and fly private do it but if you're gonna be like the poster child for saving the planet then that's when i'm gonna put my foot down yeah but there's a very obvious reason why leonardo dicaprio cannot take public transportation well obviously i'm not asking him to hop on a greyhound but he can, <laughs> he can, he can he's, fly. He's not, he's not exactly taking Uber pools, you know, places. Yeah, man. I'm not asking him to hop on a bike and go through Midtown Manhattan, but I think, you know, it is possible for him to contribute a little bit. You know, it's like Prince Harry's niece, uh, the Google uh, Climate Summit in Italy. She's like, I don't want to hurt the environment. I'm not going to fly private where 250 private planes showed up to. Uh, she's like, but I'll take the private yacht. It's like... Yeah, oh, that's wow, okay. that's not better. Those things fucking those things go through oh, gas like you gas believe. guzzlers, dude. Um, so, I mean, the, the the real like thing is, man, that that you know, I know the U.S. isn't the only country involved in like 
raising money for this for this effort. But we're talking about the United States, which last time I checked, I believe spends about $760 billion every single year on their military. $760 billion. 22, $22 million is like a fraction of a percent. Um, you know, like there's you, this is a very obvious problem. I mean, it's far worse than the, the fires that were happening in California last year. Like, you know that you've got to put a, a much, much, much bigger effort behind this to stop it. I mean, just just the quite, amount of countries that are involved, it's just a little bit outrageous that not every country could donate $22 million. Well, how, I mean, how, is, how is like this being going around the circle at the summit? And everyone's like, 22 mil? Yep, yep, yep. And no one's like, wait a second. Like, this needs like a probably mo- like $100 million plus, probably, you know, well plus $100 million, you know. Oh, it's a billion dollar project. Yeah, because you can't, I mean, first of all, it's not very accessible land to get to in and of itself. So you, you have to drop people in. You've got to get those big ass planes to drop the fire retardant and, and water, you know, those big tankers. Uh so it's it's a slap in the face. It's pretty fucking. It's France, crazy. France, the U.S., Italy, Canada, Germany, Japan, the U.K. Step it up, boys. Yeah. Step it up. Step your game up. Um. All right. Let's move on to something a little bit more humorous. Uh, Rory. Well, this isn't funny, but it's goes along the lines in, in golf. We'll we'll get to it. But so Rory went ahead and won the 2019 FedEx Cup, which we'll touch upon now. I'll kick it over to Tom to do a little quick recap and then we'll uh, bring you to our humorous bit. Uh yeah, so pretty interesting tournament this weekend. Uh play was actually suspended in the third round due to a lightning storm and lightning struck on the course and injured like six people who are all okay. So thankfully they're good. Uh, but Rory came out Sunday with a little bit of lightning of his own and fired off a six birdie round on Sunday and won by like two or three strokes over Xander Shoffley. Uh, but more importantly, Brooks Kepka did not win, which, I mean, we've been pulling for Brooks all season, but it's, it's kind of nice to have a breath of fresh air in the golfing community. And uh, yeah, shout out Rory. Glad he won, especially after uh, a, a disappointing major season out of him to say the least harry did you catch any of it uh i was actually playing golf myself so i didn't catch much of it no lightning right no lightning no lightning i would just bring in the fire though yeah you know? just bring in the fire but um uh, yeah, go for it. yeah man i mean R- rory's rory when he's on man he is that good granted throughout most of the year he was inconsistent um you know, inconsistent enough to not really to to not finish tournaments out. Uh, I think he had one big win. I want to say it was a PGA this year. Uh, I'm I'm being a little forgetful. Anyways, uh, but yeah, man, it's it was you know impressive to watch him. Like the guy's got an unbelievable swing. I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of the guy, and it's interesting though that he won this tournament. He won the FedEx Cup. However, Brooks Kepka one PGA player of the year. So while Rory wins ultimately because he gets a $15 million prize, which is unbelievable. Dude, the FedEx Cup is a $60 million purse. I have no idea where that money comes from, but the guy who gets comes in last place gets $400,000. Thanks for That's showing pretty, up. 
That's inc- yeah, that's incredible. I'm I might even just start hacking away and start playing a little bit more golf. Well, isn't yeah, isn't the FedEx Cup only the top thirty golfers? Well, no, not exactly. So it's a series of tournaments. So I think it goes it's a series of tournaments lasting, I believe, three weeks. So or three it's yeah, I believe it's three tournaments. And each week the the field gets shrunken down. Okay. Ultimately, gotcha. so the last tournament which was at east lake this year in atlanta was just 30 players oh, so, so the guy got, who came in you got to do a little bit more work than show up yeah yes you do <laughs> you, i mean you gotta you gotta play consistently well finish and it depends there's a pull point system i don't want to get into it i hardly even understand it myself it's very complex very scientific. it's very it's, it's very scientific <laughs> um and so yeah so there's more to it than just like coming in last you know you gotta get to the final tournament um but it's got, I think it's good for golf. It, it has, it, it creates, you know, generally speaking, before they started doing this, after the majors, the golf world kind of shut off. And it was just a bunch of like non-major tournaments. People didn't really tune in to see because they just were like, whatever, it's not, not super important. But by creating this FedEx Cup um, and having that $15 million prize, it helps keep people interested in golf beyond the last major of the season, which is um, the U.S. Open. British Open. I will say, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's just coincidental, but I've been seeing a lot of videos recently of lightning uh, striking, like, insanely close to individuals. Um, Luckily, nobody I've seen has gotten hurt, but I don't know if this is just God's wrath coming at us or what, but it's crazy. The footage of, uh, of the FedEx Cup... When yeah, that hit. I it like it exploded. I thought dude, people lost limbs. Dude, that thing. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. I mean, it's a pretty low quality piece of video, but yeah, man, that thing hits that ground hard. I mean, the amount of debris that was kicked up from it. I've never, I've really never seen anything like that. Yeah, that thing was shot literally on a like a home camera. Yeah, it was actually a news. <laughs> it was like was some, it really? It was like a local news station in Atlanta. So that go is... figure. Go figure that they have got equipment from like 1980. Yeah, woof. Well, it's probably why they're low on the ratings, or why we've never heard of them. Well, uh, Harrison brought it up before. Um, Brooks Kepka was in the news uh, not only once but twice, um, as he was featured recently on the ESPN Body Issue. And don't know if you've seen it. We'll go ahead and post it. You should probably go ahead. I don't even know if we can post it. It's like practically pornography. Yeah, it's in but, the body issue. We're good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but he is getting absolutely trolled, um, as the Don would say, bigly. And uh, <laughs> it's it's quite interesting. I mean, for a guy who talks a lot about, like, you know, how much he doesn't give a shit, um, he continues to show more and more that he, like, actually cares about, like, his image and – um, I think it's it's kind of ironic, all in its uh, all on its own. But what do you guys? What are your thoughts? Well, I think it's safe to say he will not be doing the body issue again. Um, ever, ever. Do people even repeat on that shit. I think that's like I don't you do it. You're so confident, and then you're like, woof. That was yeah. It's a, a bit of like mistake. a getting you know lowered a couple pegs uh, in the confidence realm. But yeah, it's I don't know. Like, we couldn't get Alex Morgan on there or something? We had to get fucking... I'm sure that they've gotten... I'm sure that she's... Uh, she might have done it before. I'm not really sure, but... 
it's just one of those things that I mean now he's you know more he's very popular outside of just golf yeah you know it, a, it, it does increase your popularity golf. yeah it's like it's very much like the um there's no such thing as bad press so well in in this case there there may have been because I don't know who did it but uh I guess each each player has like their own little practice station mm-hmm. on the range at all these tournaments and somebody uh like cut out the the actual image of Brooks and hung it over his name tag on the range at East Lake this weekend. Pretty pretty nice little jab, and uh, I think it got to him because he was like three or four over on Sunday. Exactly, I was gonna say the exact same thing. It, you know, we finally found out that Brooks Kepka Kepka is human. Like, you know, you can get under <laughs> his skin. So, uh, yeah, maybe he just will never live it down, and he'll constantly get trolled by it, and it'll affect his performance. And you know, no more automatic top five finishes at majors for Brooks. But in all seriousness, I mean, it's hard to put yourself in that position to be like, wow, like would I do the body issue if I was a professional athlete? Absolutely. I I, I would would probably say probably not. But it's it's interesting though, like to expand on it, I think uh, when you think of, I mean, in my personal opinion, one of the most difficult sports of all time is golf. I mean, as a professional golfer, mentally and to a certain degree physically, you have to be at peak condition. condition. But for like an ESPN body issue, to think about kind of the people that have come before, um, you know, baseball players, hockey players, football players, it's interesting to see a golfer up there. Um, You know, I would have loved to have seen John Daly have a ESPN (laughs) body issue. Right. (laughs) Right. But, That's what I was I was thinking too. I was like, he's one of maybe four people in the PGA Tour that could get away with doing it because he's the guy's built like unlike any other golfer. I mean, Rory could do it. I don't. I don't even think Tiger could do it anymore. Even though everyone's seen Tiger everyone everyone's seen him fully naked at this point. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, his body issue got leaked. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's there's very few golfers that could get away with doing the body issue. Brooks Kepka is one of them. I don't think anyone would want to see Jared, uh, Jason Duffner and his big old pot belly and a, and a fat lip in his in his bottom lip. Uh, I don't think they'd they'd pay money to see that. So we should do our own issue, the average Joe body issue, starring end of regulation hosts. The first uh, person and the cover of the first edition, volume one, Michael Perry. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring him on. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Um, I, I was right. gonna I was gonna say shakes, but. I don't oh, think he'd do yeah. it. We'll, re- no. we'll reach out to his people because clearly we can't get a hold of him. <laughs> Who? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's move on here to the NFL, as promised. Um, hence the title. We're going to talk a little bit about Andrew Luck and his recent retirement. We mentioned it. We posted about it. Uh, you saw his stats. You saw his farewell speech. Uh Got choked up, got emotional. Interesting to uh, to see him go out at 29 years old. Um, you know, he is convinced that he's just mentally and physically worn out. He's been going through a vicious cycle over the last four years uh, of injuries. Um, and he said this is the, the best thing that he sees for him um, going forward. He stated, you know, that he had the support from the coaches his family everybody involved but the videos of the entirety of you know 
Indianapolis, Indianapolis booing him, um, prove that you know it, it maybe wasn't such a smart move. But well, no. Guys. First and foremost, if you were booing him in the game, I understand oh. that there's like such a lack of detail for why he was making that move, and and you have to understand that everybody in that stadium got a push notification while they were sitting in their seats, while Andrew Luck was on the sideline announcing that he was going to be retiring. So, first off, Adam Schefter, big piece of shit, piece of shit of the week for dropping that news while that game was still going on. I fully agree. Even more so, you are some sort of an asshole if you were actually booing him like that at that game. I mean, this is a guy, like... You should have your season tickets revoked. I mean, but the thing is, is everyone was doing it. I mean, you got to think, you know that this guy has been injured a lot. You know that, you know, these players take a toll. You see all the stories with CT. Uh, I don't even know. If, I think he's had concussion history, but it's even more so, Probably. like, I, I believe it's, I believe it's his, his shoulder. I've heard his shoulder has arthritis and that three years from now, if he continued to keep playing, he, like, wouldn't even be able to move his shoulder or his arm for that matter. You just have to understand these people just don't get it. Like they're just so caught up in like the why aren't like why aren't you dancing for me kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like why aren't you know? And, and and at the end of the day, like this guy, you know, he's made his money. He he's done incredibly well in the six seasons that he's been in the NFL. And, and you know, if he wants to go, and if even if he wants to come back, you know, who knows? One well, or two years down the road. The, that's the kicker in all of this because they're still giving him. Like the twenty four and a half million dollars that he's like got in in signing bonuses or, or playing bonuses, whatever, he's getting almost twenty five million, and I think that's sort of a hey, you know, you do you right now, but in six months when you're feeling good and you're bored as shit at home, and you pick up a football, you're feeling all right. We'd love to have you back. You think it's a six month window? I mean, I'm not going to put a timestamp on it. I doubt he'll come back this year. But I agree that he comes back. I think think you're on to something, but I I don't think it'll be this season. And I will say, like, not even the physical toll, but the the mental toll that he came in and he was the heir to Peyton Manning. Pretty good quarterback. Pretty good guy. Pretty, pretty good. And I think for the most part, he lived up to it. And, you know, it, it is sad to see him getting booed and all of that. But if I'm a Colts fan right now, I, all fingers are pointing at Jim Ursay. And I'm like, all right, dude, it's time for you to go. Uh, this, this team is about to go to a very dark place. Um, I, I love the guy to death, but Jacoby Brissett is not the answer. And I, That was going to be my follow-up question. You don't think that he has the ability to, uh, to hold this season together? Uh, I mean, he's a good like backup, I guess. If you need a guy that is gonna, you know, not really, he's not gonna lose you any games, but he's not a playmaker. He's uh, you're not a playoff contender. He's like he's like like the poor man's Teddy Bridgewater, who, by the way, I would not be surprised if the Colts go out and trade for Teddy Bridgewater in the immediate future. And the impending over looming dark cloud question you know does Kaepernick ever get the call <laughs> uh, I knew you were going to take this conversation here uh, I'll say I'm going to say this uh, one no because Jim Irsay doesn't exactly strike me as a guy who's going to be the one to bring Colin Kaepernick into the league that's all I'm going to say but take, take, that, take that for what you will 
Ursay's Ursay's not. I mean, the guy owns the team. The guy's not going anywhere. Yeah, obviously, but I mean, maybe he'll use this to kind of change his his perceived image by the public and bring in Colin Kaepernick. Um, the guy well, I mean, might have. The guy probably has the worst image of any owner in the NFL, well, other well, than I'll, other than the Houston Texans guy. Uh, what Bob I'll McNair. say to to uh, to pivot off of this point to go back to what Harrison was saying, I think it's absolutely humorous that. Like, I love to have pride for the sports teams that I support, but when you're the individual that's saying, you know, we, we, uh, we selected you, you know, in the, early on in the draft, we, we put our blood, sweat, and tears and faith into you. I mean, bottom line is you didn't do shit. You, you put money in Ursay's pocket. You paid for season tickets. You ate some fucking hot dogs at the concession stand. But you did absolutely nothing. So to be sitting there in a preseason fucking game and booing Andrew Luck is just like you are you are scum of the earth. It's the reason why we are pushing the thinning of the herd movement. Like the, like these are the types of people that need to go. Yeah. yeah, Indianapolis Colts fans celebrate making the playoffs. That tells you everything you need to know about that fan base. They hang banners. Yeah. For making the playoffs, just yeah. sad people. Well, um, we'll move on because there's not much more to talk about really uh, here with the NFL. But I did just want to get your kind of final thoughts and recaps on, um, you know, preseason so far. Any standouts that you guys have been impressed by? Critical injuries or suspensions you're worried about? Um, just so these people know, with uh, you know some fantasy drafts on, on the way. Um, I, I won't get too deep into this, but, uh, David Andrews, the center for the New England Patriots was just diagnosed with blood clots in his lungs. So pretty serious issue. Uh, and you're talking about the center, uh, veteran on our offensive line. Um, I don't know to what extent, but it could impact the output of the likes of Sony Michelle and James White coming up this year. Um, also... Homeboy Patrick Chung uh, was arraigned in court the other day for a cocaine sus- or cocaine bust that he had in New Hampshire this off season. So uh, quite a few he den- quite a few little details it. going around. Yeah, he denied it, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I just hope he doesn't miss any time because we need him. Innocent until proven guilty, Tom. Uh, yeah, the police report points fingers pretty pretty strongly. <laughs> What is that? What what is that? Uh, what is that going to lead to? I mean, it, six game suspension. If he's convicted of it, yeah, I would think four to six game suspension. But the the bigger picture here is like, you know, where is this guy's locker in relation to Josh Gordon? I'm just I'm just very more worried about the implications of this with Josh Gordon. Like, is Gordon going to come out and be like, "Hey, hey, Patrick Chung, what are you doing this weekend? We should uh, we should get dinner." Just the, the two Little of us. Bad news bears. I don't. I don't think Gordon messes around with cocaine. I think he's just. That's, a, that's very just a cute of you to guy. think. That is so cute of you to think. <laughs> that's that's what I love about the NFL. It's like just so far from the real world. Four to six weeks of a, you know of a suspension for a cocaine possession. Imagine you got caught and arrested for a cocaine possession at, at work in the real world. It's like um yeah hi thanks you don't have to show up to work today. <laughs> Yeah, you're actually uh, not ever getting hired in the city again. 
Yeah, yeah, you will probably never get a job. Um, NFL, you can beat somebody, you can pee on people, you can possess drugs. Just know that you're getting a four to six game suspension. Yeah, just be here off on the wrist. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, well, we'll move on unless, Harry, you got anything you want to talk about before uh, – The only thing I'd say – only thing I would say in regards to preseason, they should just make it two games. Um, it, it just sucks seeing guys get injured and uh, and all that, and, and and there's just really a lack of interest in the four week preseason. These guys are professionals, most of which have been doing this for a long time, and and just don't really need the four games. I mean, most of the of the star players, I understand it's really meant more for coaches and being able to get the roster down to the 53 man roster, but make it two games extend the season by two games if you want but uh that's a different topic of discussion so and, my uh, my caveat to that is they should allow the whatever 60 70 man roster for the first two or three games of the season and then four weeks in have final cuts that way i think that's you can get yeah. everybody in still get their reps and then dump. so get to see them more in practice yeah i, I think that's that's a pretty good compromise if I'm, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, Harry, what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones? The guy looks legit. You know, I was I was a bit, I was more than apprehensive uh, when they drafted him. But you know, the guy threw three weeks of preseason is twenty five of thirty. Uh, I think he hasn't thrown an interception yet. Uh, he throws, he spins it, man. Uh, I don't know if he plays this year. I'm I'm with. Uh, the owner, John Mara, and, and him saying that he hopes to not see Daniel Jones on the field this season. That's no dig against Daniel Jones. That's just him saying, like, if Daniel doesn't see the field, that means that we're a competitive team, borderline playoff team, whatever the case is. So uh, I think it would be good for him to get a year under his belt. We've seen it time and time again about a rookie quarterback coming in and starting right away and it's just not panning out. Uh, it, it tends to kill their confidence. Confidence. Um, so I think the guys, the guy looks great and, and I'd love to see him just develop for another year. Hey, before we move off, uh, Tom, just because we were at a game recently, um, and saw him play, what are your thoughts on, uh, Case Keenum starting, getting the starting position? Uh, I think Keenum deserves it. Uh, just kind of the same thing Grimes was saying with Daniel Jones. You don't want to rush Haskins in. Um, he has shown a lot of potential specifically that like 45 yard bomb that we saw him throw um but he's also had multiple i think he's had like four turnovers in three games um and you know whether it's an interception or fumble ball security is definitely a big concern with him um as well as decision making i think he he looks uncomfortable in terms of just understanding what's going on i think dent or uh case keenum is definitely the right move, mostly because I don't see the skins really doing much this year. Um, so yeah, I'm cool with him. And on, on the note of, of standouts, uh, Jimmy Moreland, cornerback out of James Madison, has had an unbelievable preseason for the Redskins. And complimenting him um, aside Josh Norman, I think is actually going to be one of the harder secondaries to pass on this year. Hmm. Heard it here first here first um all right well let's move on here uh to college football i want to start off here quickly with a user submitted question 
Um, we talked about it a little bit earlier before we started recording, but uh, at Dana Stevens wanted to hear Harrison's thoughts. Uh, well, actually, both of your thoughts on the potential of UVA winning the Coastal. Is is uh, Mr. or Mrs. Is it Mr. or Mrs.? Mr. 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 <laughs> Sorry, Dana. Um, I bet I bet Dana's Mrs. a UVA grad, isn't he? Dana is uh, Dana is a big UVA guy. Yeah. Okay. So that's all you gotta know. Um, as is every UVA fan. Uh, I will say Miami's probably the only team that stands in their way, but it, it's just not gonna happen. Well, I. This is what I'll say. So, you know, we all watched the Florida game or Miami-Florida game, and this is, you know, what I'm going to touch on is going to touch on our next topic. But Miami, hands down, is a more talented, more athletic football team than Virginia. I don't think that's any sort of uh, outrageous claim. Um, it's just the, the recruits they get, the guys they bring in bring in from South Florida uh, are, just, are just overall better athletes. Um you know, we saw a lot of mistakes in this game last Saturday, but if, if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm, I'm not trying to be biased. Miami should have won that game. Well, there let's, was a, let's, let's use that to transition. So, so well, your, your thoughts so, on Miami yeah. has, a, has a much more athletically superior team. But at the yes. end of the day, you know, it's a team game and they, they got to play clean football to win. Yeah, and, and honestly, I thought – I thought the refs kind of played too much of a hand in this game. There was a bunch of calls uh, that that I didn't agree with. Um, you know, they they sort of got they sort of got balanced back towards like an even called game at the end. Uh, the pass interference calls were, were legitimate at the in that last drive, but ultimately, I mean, there's there's two plays that define that game, and and one being the muff punt by Jeff Thomas on the ten yard line that ultimately led to Florida scoring. Uh, that was a big momentum shifter. And then Miami missing a field goal later in the game, I believe it was the third quarter, um, changed the end of the game for sure. Because had they hit that field goal, it wasn't a very, it was 30 yard, 33 yards. Had they hit that field goal, you know, we're looking at that last drive and it's only a, a one point game. Miami doesn't even need to score a touchdown to win. Uh, and so that changes the, the, that changes the landscape of the game. Granted, you can say that for a lot of football games, whether it's NFL or college. But those two plays completely changed, you know, how this game went. I thought Miami was the better team. Granted, they need to clean up a lot on the offensive line. A lot of false starts, a lot of holding penalties. Um, but ultimately, I, I thought I thought Miami looked like the more talented team out there. And this was a Florida team that said that they were going to steamroll Miami. They said there's not a shot in hell that they can beat us. We're going to blow them out. We're going to steamroll them, and, and and ultimately they barely snuck away with the win in this game. Yeah, I, I felt Felipe Franks did not impress me. He did not blow me away. Um, and, you know, the the offensive line of Miami has a few things to iron out. But, it, you know, if you run this game back, you know, six weeks from now, I, I think Miami, you know, clean up here and there, I, I think Miami would run Florida. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree. I mean, like I said, I'm not trying to be biased, but I didn't think Felipe Franks looked particularly good. Uh, they didn't really get the ball into number one's hand. Uh, his last name is Tommy. That dude is electric with the ball in his hands. Um, I thought Miami needed to clean up their tackling. And Manny Diaz addressed that in his post-game press conference. Uh, he just said, 
pretty simply. Like, that's not the way Miami Hurricanes tackle. Uh, just a lot of guys slipping out. They're trying to wrap up feet and guys just getting away. Um, I think you're right, Tom. I think, you know, this. I think this Miami team, if they can clean up some of those mistakes, and, and I fully – I have full confidence in Manny Diaz and Dan Enos and and uh, 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 their defensive coordinator. I'm forgetting his name at the moment. I have full confidence that they're going to clean this stuff up. And I think Miami runs the table for the rest of the year. Um, including get, the UVA ACC, game. Including the UVA game, including the Florida State game. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I just that's just the way I see it. They look talented. Jaron Williams looks like a, a legitimate quarterback. They got away from the game plan in the beginning uh, of just kind of doing a lot of screens and, and just getting the balls into playmakers' hands. Uh, and I think that if they had continued to do that, they would have controlled the clock a little bit better um, and, and kept and kept the defensive line of Florida from really getting after Miami and ultimately getting ten sacks, which is, you know, you're not going to uh, win with those numbers. You're not going to win with ten sacks. You're not going to win with fourteen penalties called against. Uh, th- those were what what broke the game. You know that's or that's what ultimately led to to Florida winning. Yeah, I um, I, I actually happened to catch the game and the highlight that you mentioned the muffed punt was uh, I, I think like you said that's what broke the uh, what they broke the straw on the camel's back. Is that I what mean, I mean, we're talking about Florida going three and out there. Miami's supposed to get the ball back and control the clock for another seven, eight minutes, whatever. And and whatever the and whatever happens in that drive happens. On the ten line. But now they're defending on the ten. Defense was just on the field, so they got to go back on the field. Probably a little bit more gas. And I think from a mentality standpoint, you're kind of like, wow, shit, they're gonna get points here. Um, you yeah. know. I mean, after that play, they uh, it's not that they looked defeated, but they were just tired. Yeah, and so and that that's what that that play right there defined the game. Um, I, th- I I think this Miami team is legit. Their defense is is legit. Um, and and for the record, that missed field goal was pitiful. It was like less than thirty yards. It was a chip shot. Yeah, I think it was like I think it was like th- at thirty yards. And he's he was one of the most accurate kickers in the ACC last year. So, uh, you know, you hate to see that. Right, well, it's tough, man. Enough, enough Virginia, about Miami. We got we got a, a big slate coming up this weekend. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, I, I think we got to give a few picks out for our listeners here. Take it away. I got uh, what I, I got. I got four locks this week, and uh, my number one, uh, Dana, you'll like this. I'm taking Boston College plus four to cover at home against Virginia Tech. Uh, the Virginia Tech football team right now, from all accounts I've been hearing, is a disaster. We hit on them a little bit last week. Um, they basically they have a couple decent running backs. Uh, Bud Foster, their DC, is on his way out after this season. Uh, and I, I think that scared away a lot of recruits this last year. Um, there was a lot of turmoil uh, towards the end of last season. And as I said A.J. Dillon, the Boston College running back, um, is just a beast this year, or he was last year, and I'm expecting him to be a beast this year. And I think they can control this game at home and hand it to Tech. Locked. Lock it up. Lock and loaded. I'll give, I got I got two locks. I'll give my first one now. Uh, I've got Texas State at Texas A&M. Uh, the line is Texas A&M minus 33.5 points. 
This is going to be a sold-out Kyle Field in College Station, Texas. Uh, this is going to be year two of Jimbo Fisher and his uh, generally how he likes to run programs as a regime, if you will. Uh, and, and they've got really high expectations. I think they go and play Clemson in week two. So I think he's going to want to get these guys rocking and rolling, and he's going to just load up the scoreboard against a very, very, very uh, cupcake team in Texas State. Okay, okay. I, I like the the heavy favorites. Those always scare me week one. Um, one team I'm, I'm not really sure what to expect of is Ohio State. And again, uh, we hit on them pretty big last week. But Ohio State is playing Florida Atlantic this year, or this week, and the over-under is set at 63. Uh, if you will recall, DeAndre Francois is now the starting quarterback at FAU. Um, Ohio State is just loaded with talent, on offense at least. I'm crushing this over. I'm seeing 48-28 maybe, somewhere in that range. Uh, I, I think it'll get enough done here um, to get over that 63 and a half. Lock it up. I like it. Um, my next pick is, and Tom, I believe you've, you've got a, a take on this as well, South Carolina versus North Carolina. The game's going to be played mm-hmm. in Charlotte. I believe that's a neutral site game. It'll be more of like a North Carolina home game. Um, however, I do have some interesting little tidbits here. Uh, South Carolina is minus eight. They opened up as a 6.5 favorite. So this is what I would suggest. Um, I would suggest buying a point, getting South Carolina at seven points, just to kind of be a little bit on the safe side. However, uh, South Carolina hasn't lost to a team from North Carolina since 1999 uh, when they lost to NC State. So since that point, they're 10-0 against all college teams in North Carolina, that being NC State, UNC, and East Carolina. So, by the point, get South Carolina minus seven and lock that one in. I like it. Um, yeah, I I don't know what side I'm going to be on. Uh, I do like South Carolina, but as we hit on last week, I keep saying that. Should have listened. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, go check it out. Uh, the North. It's tight. The North Carolina offense is from what I can tell, just an abomination right now. They don't have anything set in stone. Year one with Mac Brown, I do not see a lot of points being scored this week. And for an over-under set at 63, um, nine touchdowns, I will gladly take the under. Under 63. Lock it up. Um, And and lastly, I do have a fourth here. Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, 21 point favorites um i think they're just going to come out and steamroll and show everyone they're here to compete with the alabamas and the lsus and everyone else in the sec um i'm taking the bulldogs big i think they put on a show and uh you know flex a little bit and say you know we're still here don't forget about us um all right, well, go ahead and send those over to me, Lasagna, so that I can go ahead and post them. Sure. And uh, further spread the good word. Put a little money in your pockets. Get those locked. Um, let's go ahead and move on here, uh, unless any of you have any last-minute college football segments. Let it begin. Good, great, grand. All right, well, as promised, we're talking MLB wildcard update. I'm going to kick it over to Lasagna to talk AL. Um 
and then Harry, I guess you'll take uh, NL here for us. Yeah, I mean we can or we, or vice versa, whatever. We, we can split it up. Um, I'll be quick with the American League because it's basically a three dog race at this point. The Indians and the Twins are basically battling for the AL Central. The Twins are a couple games up right now, so Cleveland has the first wild card spot. And then there's uh, Tampa Bay and Oakland are fighting for the second card, second wild card spot, with Tampa holding a half game lead over Oakland. Uh, and then there are my Boston Red Sox, uh, six games out. Uh, mathematically, we haven't been eliminated yet, but realistically, I th- I think it's you know, I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it because I'm just such a fan. But if I wasn't a Boston fan, I think it would be time to call it a season for the Boston Red Sox. Um, but being said, being said, the AL Central is still very much up for grabs. Um, and, you know, both teams are very evenly matched. Um, Cleveland has the most obvious pitching advantage, while the Twins uh, have made their money this year with the long ball and lead baseball and homers. And I don't know who the fuck the Oakland Athletics think they are, but I kind of love this team, um, mostly just because they're getting it done with, you know, no-name guys, and they are almost ready to welcome back Sean Manaya, who has been dealing with, uh, he's, he had shoulder surgery last season, uh, but he's coming off a great 2018, uh, he tossed a no-hitter last year, and he could very well step in and immediately be the best guy on this pitching staff. So... At this moment in time, if I had to pick, I will take Cleveland uh, and the Oakland Athletics for 200, please. That's uh, that's probably a good choice there, Tommy. Um, well, the uh, the NL brings a user-generated question. It's actually from Dana's brother, um, both of whom are big Braves fans, and uh, wanted to get kind of an update, thoughts um, on chances, Harrison, Tom. Uh, I'll turn it over to you guys to take this away. I mean, like Tom was saying before, uh, or, or I was just reading ahead a little bit, but I mean, the Braves are probably the hottest team in the MLB right now. Um, you know, they seem to be firing on all cylinders from both a, a, a pitching rotation standpoint as well as just Ronald Acuna being one of the, the young superstars in the league. Uh, and then you throw in the Nazi Albies. Um, I, I just think that they'll, they'll for sure or at least the way I see right now, I think they'll lock up the division. They've got a six-game lead right now uh, in the NL East. Uh, see, this this is where I disagree. Uh, okay. Well, mostly because I have money invested on the Nationals to win the NL East. Um, but they really haven't made much ground. I, I believe we had this conversation around the All-Star break, and they were six games up. And fast forward till you know, late August, they're still six games up. Um, but they just lost tonight to the lonely Colorado Rockies, who are in dead last um, in the NL West. So the Braves dropped one tonight. Nats don't have a game. Um, but even more importantly, the Nationals are only four games back of Atlanta in the loss column. So five and a half overall basically just means the Braves have played a couple extra games. And uh, the Nationals have been keeping pace without Max Scherzer. So Max Scherzer has been out for almost a month. I think he made his first start uh, this past weekend. And so now you're bringing in the best pitcher in baseball back into the mix. I don't care. I will go to the grave for Max Scherzer. 
He is a stud. And as talented as the Braves are, um, there's a huge, huge series coming up in September in Washington. Four-game series, uh, which you boys will be at. We'll be there live. And I think the Nats are going to take the division in like the last weekend in September. Uh, and the Braves will have to fight it out in the wild card. Interesting. We've we've had a we have had and we will have some pretty solid coverage with that skins game, this other game coming up. Um, my buddy just secured tickets for us to go to the uh, Nats Mets next weekend. Oh, nice! We're uh, end of regulation. Big DMV sports podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, on uh, whatever's whatever's in driving distance, right? Also, the last thing I'll mention too, I'll just take a look at the standings. What poetic justice it is that Bryce Harper goes to Philadelphia, and Philadelphia is six or five and a half games back from the Nationals this year. Yeah, uh, that was probably more. Uh, surprising than anything else i will say almost more surprising than how well the nats have been is how you know fumbly the the phillies have been they are just a complete hit or miss team and they're not out of it yet but they gotta kick it they're basically in the same spot as the red sox the on on paper the talent's all there but they gotta kick it into gear and it has to happen soon um especially with how some other teams like in the central are playing the Cardinals are probably the hottest team in baseball, quietly winning or leading the NL Central, I will say, um, and currently laying waste to the Brewers right now, um, just separating themselves from Milwaukee even more. So the, the NL race will for sure um, be an interesting one coming down to the wire, and I, I frankly can't wait to see how who, it plays out. Did you mention who your favorite was coming out of that? Uh, out of the National League or the wild card? Yeah. Yeah, for the wild card. Sorry. Uh, I mean, yeah, whoever whoever wait, or whoever follows up in second place of the NL East should have the wild the first wild card spot. Um, the Nationals are like four games up on the Cubs right now for the first wild card spot. Um, and you know, if I if I had to bet, I would probably say, you know, the Nationals um, and and the Cubs, just because of the the talent that's on that Chicago team is unmatched. Uh, but they, for whatever reason, their pitching can't really seem to get it together right now. So if, yeah, if if I had to pick, I would say the Braves and the Cubs with the Nationals winning the NL East. All right, all right, um, all right. Well, uh, that's all we got here for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So let's go ahead and close tonight's uh episode out for these fine people harrison you want to start us off with some buzzer beaters yeah so uh i did my first ever auction draft last night for fantasy football and i i, I didn't really know what i was doing at first um i ended up winning the first player off the board which was saquon barkley uh because i was just testing it out and i put i put a bid in for like 81 bucks so to, to back up, you get two hundred dollars um, of, of of money to spend, and each player is like a fair market value associated with them. Uh, and then just between the people in the league, you just bid, 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 and whoever you know, there's the last bid, it goes you know three, two, one, sold, whatever. 
uh, just like any auction is. And I got to say, I, I was a big fan of it. Really? The reason, the reason being is because in a regular fantasy draft, it's very like you draft a player, then you wait like 10 minutes, and then you draft another player. In this, it's very much like stay very focused on the players that you want to have and then and then just go after them when it needs. So, like, what I liked about it is that you're always paying attention. Like, it's not just like you draft and then you kind of go into your phone or you fucking play video games. Like, when, yeah, you're constantly involved in the draft. We had it set up so everyone was on Google Hangouts, so we're, like, got this, like, live video feed going. Um, and it's, I thought it was really, I thought it was really a, a lot more interesting, um, and a lot, you know, and, and quite honestly, I thought it was more fun than just a regular old draft. So if you put essentially a third of your money on your first pick, how did the rest of your team pan out? Uh, I mean, I got, I can kind of give some insights. Um, I got, where's my last name? I'll, I'll sum it up for you. Uh, nobody gives a shit who you drafted. Well, okay, ah. yeah, that part doesn't really matter. However, I will say, like, I still got, like, a very solid team. So I put $81 on Saquon, and then you just kind of sit and wait and, and wait for players that you think are going to have, you know, that, that you're into. And, and so you're not just betting on every single – you can bet to try to just drive up the price to, to you know, screw over another person. Um, it comes with the risk of, of them stopping, and, and then you get stuck with someone you don't really want. But I'm just saying, I think it's a better option in terms of, of how to draft fantasy teams. Um, and yeah, that's my buzzer beater. Sure. Well, maybe we'll look into it, but probably not. Uh, Thomas. Uh, so, uh, you know, living with my girlfriend over the last few months has been uh, just a, a blessing. And um, Easy, easy. This, this past weekend, Taylor Swift released a new album. And uh, thanks to my beautiful lovely girlfriend i now know every single lyric to every single song so thank you taylor swift uh great album i truly love your work Ah, oh, jesus thomas <laughs> uh on a serious note shout out to the louisiana little league team for defeating curacao in the 2019 little league world series uh and and bringing it home they went undefeated in the tournament didn't drop a game that's some dope shit. I'll tell you what was dropped, the ball on our end, because we did not do enough coverage of that Little League World Series. It kind of just came and went, I feel like. Yeah. Nor does anybody really care. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us tonight. If you are not already, please remember to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, additionally, make sure to go ahead and click and subscribe on iTunes and on Spotify so that you guys can stay up to date on our weekly released episodes. Um, to close us out here tonight on this date uh, in music history, police raided DMX's house and found firearms and dead dogs. Uh, DMX, however, was not charged uh, and got away with it. So for a <laughs> man that's always Christ. hustling, he was in charge to DMX. Yeah, I don't, he's, I don't know how he's he probably just away. doing his bark like, he no, said, they're alive. Ruff, ruff. He said he was out of town when it happened. So, yeah, okay. Here's to you, DMX.
We ride. 